And I can say that with a strong meaning word. It's good to be alive because I was very, very close to departing from this world. Mm. And it is easy to, to say it as to repeat it by somebody else, but to have lived the experience of having been induced into coma, a total of about 40 days in the hospital, and going to rehab for about six months and seven months now, going, but the Lord has raised me up again, and I'm ready to preach the gospel. You may be seated. I have a Bible verse that I would like to uh, introduce my message with. is rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. And I believe that all of us need to be reminded today of hope in the midst of tribulation and prayer as the basis of our relationship with the Lord. This is found in Romans 12, 12, a verse that it will be worth memorizing. Romans 12, 12. Yes, yes. Rejoice in hope. Yes, God. Be patient in affliction. Mm. Be persistent in prayer. Mm. And in the Greek amplified, it says, In hope, practice rejoicing continually. Right. In tribulation, practice persevering continually to praying practice being devoted continually all this by your choice it is a choice it's a choice when you wake up to be happy or to be uh, sad to acknowledge the Lord's blessings or to deny his presence in your midst and today I have a message that has to do with being joyful in the spirit and this comes from my experience as a teenager that came from South America into the United States of America. And in the midst of the Jesus revolution, Jesus movement, hippies getting converted. I was, I would say I was sort of like a hippie with my guitar in my shoulder and, and, and uh, leaving my home and coming to a place where I did not know what was to be expected of. Needless to say, I got saved by the testimony of another hippie who shared with me. It's known as the, uh, uh, another Jesus freak, it's called, you know, because you get so excited to be a Christian, so excited to have a new life, a new perspective in life. And that's what I come from, because I came from a Catholic background, religious, young boy, you know, trying to do my best to please my God and to please my parents and to do good. But you know that doing good in your own effort doesn't accomplish too much. But it's acknowledging that you're a sinner in need of repentance and coming to terms with the reality of the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yes. So today as I, I speak about hope and tribulation and prayer, I want to kneel down our hearts in adoration to God. Because it is unto Him that we give honor and glory. 
and power. Because without him we are lost completely. So the words of the Apostle Paul, in hope, rejoice. In tribulation, persevere. And in prayer, be persevering. So prayer is an important aspect of a Christian life. It's like breathing. We cannot be alive without breathing. And hope is the last thing that you should really think of giving up. People give up hope and they, they try to end their life. No matter how the situation may turn out with money or with people or socially very well known and an influencer, and yet how do they end? And I have a testimony to give, and who better than the person who experienced being born in a Christian home, being dedicated when he was in his mother's womb, and being next to his dad who is a pastor, and, and maybe they call him the pastorcito, the little shepherd boy with the guitar in his shoulder and going along with all the speaking engagements in the church and everything else. But at the age of 17 and a half, kind of like the same time when I accepted the Lord, I'm talking about my son, decided to give his back to the Lord and to the family. He became a prodigal son for 14 years. It's been a year now he, since he came back. And I want you to hear from him, his experience and his view. This is my son, Stephen Fausto. Praise God. He is so good. His mercy endures forever. Oh, man. I, it's just Every time I look at my father, I'm just so grateful, right? Because our Heavenly Father, man, he's just so intentional. He brought me back a year ago. But it was seven months prior to my father becoming very, very ill. So I was looking at him even in the hospital bed when he was under coma for 28 days. And I remember touching his feet and saying, Father, I know that your spirit is still alive. Yeah. Although the doctors may say that you're still, you're not going to make it. And even if you make it, you might be a vegetable. Say, you don't know my God. You don't know my God. So I am so grateful to be here with you guys because he, he, when you think that there is no hope and you're maybe at that edge, he gets you and he says, nope, not yet, son, not yet, right. not yet. So if you have, this is a message for, for any sons, you know, any um, maybe even uncles or fathers or mothers that have been praying for their sons and daughters that are prodigals, don't lose hope, you know, don't give up, don't give up. They're, this is just in preparation. The longer they're away, God is preparing them because he's going to take them somewhere, right, mm -hmm. that we can, we, can only, we can only fathom. God, where are you taking my son? Where are you taking my daughter? You don't know, but he knows. So praise God for being able to give me my father back and being able to be, his, be, his, be by his side. Praise God, guys. My son and I have been journeying together, visiting churches and pastors and friends and missionaries whom through the long 14 years they've always been prayer partners with me because I don't shy away from asking to, to pray for me. The pastors are supposed to pray for people, but pastors need prayer as well. And I will never sh uh, shy away from asking them to pray for my prodigal son, Stephen. So he's a product of the answer of many prayers. And when we go and visit uh, a pastor or a missionary or, or a friend, uh, and then my, my son is there next to me and testifying like he just did, uh, moreover, many times, even pastors and leaders and, and fathers kind of bring him aside and ask him, what would you tell to a father who has a prodigal son or a daughter? And his answer has always been the same and very steady in saying, never lose hope and never stop praying. So this is a message for all of us today. Never lose hope and never stop praying. So today, as I speak about the theme of joyful in the spirit, joy in the midst of circumstances, I cannot think of any other place in the Bible, like in the book of Psalms, for example. And in the bulletin, you have received uh, an insert that kind of gives you many scriptures concerning the theme of joyful in the spirit and, 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 and joy in the midst of circumstances. But I want to zero in in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6. Because the Apostle Paul says, who, who, who has begun the good work in you will make it perfected, will make it complete in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a message of hope. Yes, sir. 
that he who has begun a good work will make it complete. So no matter what the circumstances may be, no matter what the difficulties may come to your door, God is at work. He is moving. He is working even when we don't see it or feel it. And this is important to be reminded continually because the joy of the Lord is our strength, the Bible says. And joy in the midst of circumstances leads us to the life of the Apostle Paul. Who more than the Apostle Paul as we know different persons in the Bible that went through so much suffering and difficult circumstances. But I want to zero in in the Apostle Paul. When in his missionary journey, he ended up in Philippi with Silas in his second journey. And he was in jail and he was beaten and he was bleeding. And in the middle of the night, he was praising God. And a miracle happened that the doors of the, the prisons were open and, you know, uh, the jailer got saved because he thought about taking his life because all the prisoners are going to escape. And he said, no, no, don't do that. Not, not, everybody's here. Mm-hmm. And then he invited him over to his house, the jailer, and then uh, he says, you and your house shall be saved. There's so many beautiful promises in the Bible. I have to be very transparent with all of you. Because I've been a Christian since I was 17 years old. And I've known of the joy of the Lord. And one of the things that were characteristic of me was was my smile. I hear a lot of compliments about my smile and my joy. Going to a restaurant and the the waitress or or, or the people next to us will approach us and say, Are you guys Christians by any chance? Because I hear hear joyful noise, you know, laughing and joking and everything else. But, you know, it wasn't until I experienced trials and tribulations that I knew the real meaning of being joyful in the midst of circumstances. Because since early in my life, I experienced abundance of blessings. Uh, Not only I got saved at the age of 17, I was called into the ministry four months later, starting with just cleaning bathrooms and and, 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 uh, vacuuming the carpet, which was a big sanctuary, you know, and, and then attending the parking lot and and becoming an usher, and then leading a worship in that home fellowship, and then leading the, wor- the, the home fellowship, and then after that, becoming the pastor of the first uh, Spanish church uh, of the Jesus Movement, uh, Calvary Chapel, at the age of 19 years old. A church that grew so rapidly, and we started uh, sending people out and starting other churches and ministry, and, and with the gift of evangelism, uh, God opened doors to be at the Billy Graham School of Evangelism, which opened doors and with Louis Palau. And I can go on and on with the history of how God blessed my life so tremendously. But I had to experience pain first place in my life to know that I can be more compassionate towards people. I had the Viola University, Azusa Pacific, and other Fuller Seminary come and approach me in the 90s because they wanted to know what was the formula of our church growth. What, what is it that you're doing? Because you are Hispanic and you have a bilingual church and, and they really weren't, and I just, I just really didn't have a formula. Other than say, I love God and I love people and I love his word. And they thought I, I wanted to keep the secret, you know. <laughs> so pastor will come to me saying, you know, their church got split out or, or, or the church is not growing and, and I for the, for the life of me, I didn't know what to tell him. I said, just love God, pray more, read the Bible. But little did I know that I was to experience what it is to have a church suffer through the diminishing of the congregants because of many reasons and many situations. So you learn by first hand through the school of suffering, the school of hard knocks. So I've been a pastor now for 43 years, going into my 40th year. I've been married for uh, almost 35 years Amen. and I have three uh, adult children and five grandchildren. I'm a blessed man. Yes, sir. Yes. I, I am indeed a blessed man. <laughs> and I have many uh, spiritual sons and daughters that call me Papa. You know, here and abroad. It is a great honor, a privilege for people to look at me as a father figure because there is many children, sons and daughters who are looking for a Papa earthly leader that can accentuate the example that needs to be set before. Like the Apostle Paul. Be followers of me as I'm followers of Christ. 
So Paul wrote the Philippian letter while he was in prison. And these four chapters, you can read it in 20 minutes or, or so. And each of these chapters personifies the thief of our joy. If you read the whole context, chapter 1, he talks about circumstances. Chapter 2 talks about people, how it affects, how it can, it can come in between you and everything. Chapter 3 talks about things. And chapter 4 talks about worriness. Those are the four thieves of the joy of the believer. Circumstances that tend to rob us and steal from us the joy of the Lord, which right. is our strength. Being joyful in the spirit. But, you know, I have this problem. I had this flat tire. or I have someone in the hospital. I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling pain. And all those circumstances affect us. So we learn that circumstances should not affect us. Our relationship with the Lord as far as the joy in the spirit. Amen. Chapter 2, people, people. A preacher told me, I love preaching. I love ministry. It's people that gives me a headache. <laughs> well, you, who are you going to be preaching to? You got to preach to people, you know. And you see their faces. If they're reacting and, and responding or they are despondent. And looking at their phones or, or just like, you know, when is this preacher going to end, you know. You see all of that. I used to say to the people in my congregation that I had a camera right behind me that is, is, is fixed on you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show it to you guys. And everybody's going to go. <laughs> I was kidding, of course, but just a test of what people will be thinking of. People are watching you. And they will make up a, an understanding of who you are. and what you, So it's like a Christian says, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> right? It doesn't, doesn't compute. It doesn't coordinate. You have the joy of the Lord. You move. You exuberantly express the joy of the Lord. So chapter 3 talks about things. Paul had values as he was a religious man. And he ended up saying that which was so valuable to me, I consider it as, as, as trash now. Why? Because of the wanting to know more of God and to experience his power of resurrection yeah. and, and the fellowship of his suffering. Yes, to have that goal in our minds, to know that God is at work, and, and, and things come and go, and, and we know what happened to Job when he said, God gave, God took away, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, we're going to take nothing of the material things with us when we pass away. So he learned the values of the spiritual. He learned the value of people not influencing you, but you influencing people. He learned the value of in the midst of circumstances to know that God is in the center and He's in control of everything. And then in chapter 4 where the Bible says in verse 4, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. You know, and, it, and, 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 and think of the thing which is pure and, and, and good and, and of good report. Think of the thing, the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So worriness takes away from that perspective of the joy of the Lord. And why do we worry? Because we're human. We tend to be preoccupied, occupy our minds before the time. Expert says that 90% of the things that you worry about never happen. So how much better would we off if we were just to concentrate in what is in front of us, trusting in the Lord with all of our hearts and not in our own understanding. Amen. Acknowledge Him in all our ways and having His peace. So, as I went through this time of being, after being in coma and being hospitalized for so many days, and my muscles in my body were completely atrophy and weak, and I couldn't even move. I couldn't even move myself in the bed. I had to have nurses, and then my, my sons kind of moved me to move me up and to help me out. It's, it's, it's one thing to hear it. Another thing is to live and experience it. I was talking to a pastor who, he asked me, how, how you doing? How did it go? And, and I was trying to explain to him. He says, I know what you went through because I was in the hospital for 50 days. 
And I know what it is not to, not to be able to walk or get up from bed and to have a hard time just moving from the bed, getting up and moving into the wheelchair to be pushed around. I know what it is to have my grandkids get me out of my house after a month of being there and give me a, 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 a clean breath of air and looking at the sun and the trees moved by the winds and my grandsons pushing the wheelchair. I was just so like, wow. I had the videos that brings tears in my eyes and thinking, wow, wow, wow. And why did I go through all of that? Having no energy, no strength, wanting to just be alone and, and isolated. I didn't want to hear voices. I, want, I didn't want to hear nothing. I just wanted to be, and my, my family would be concerned about talk. You need to practice your, your, your vocals and you need to talk and tell how you feel. And I just didn't want to know anything. I was entering into depression, no doubt. But then it came along the verse that Paul wrote to Timothy. God has not given us the spirit of fear, yeah. but of power and love and sound mind. Yeah. Sound mind. Can you say that with me? Sound, sound mind. What is a sound mind? Self-control. A mind that is, is given over to God and to Jesus and to his word. And I find that Paul has that in the center of his four chapters. In order to not let circumstances, people, and things, and worriness take away the joy of the Lord, you need to have a sound mind. Right. And in chapter 1, talking about circumstances, you need to have a simple mind. The mind of Christ. That has the perspective of eternity, the perspective of God. In chapter 2, you need to have a humble mind, a meek mind, a submissive mind, that you don't let people affect you. They may insult you or, or come against you or, or accuse you or whatever the case may be of people bothering you. You have a submissive mind, a humble mind, which is the mind of Christ, the sound mind. When you talk about things taking the place of, of that which is important in values as a Christian life, you need to have the, the spiritual mind that surpasses the, the, the desire of material things, the, the spiritual mind that has to do with knowing God. The more you know Him, the more you love Him. The more you love Him, the more you want to obey Him. The more you obey Him, the more you want to serve and live for Him. Yes, the spiritual formation that happens when you spend time with God in order to become more like Him, in order to live for Him. The spiritual formation. Many of us want to live for God, but, but we don't spend time with Him. So how can you live for God? Many of us want to preach or, or be in ministry, but how can you do that if you are not displaying the characters and the traits of Christ? One thing is to stand behind a pulpit and to have eloquence and, and to have the, the gift of speech. And you can say many things, but if you don't practice, if you don't believe what you say, it has no value, no authority. It doesn't touch us. It doesn't touch hearts. It doesn't transform lives. Mm -hmm. And many times we get so accustomed to, to do that, to, to, to be saying things, but that we don't practice. Mm -hmm. And that just devalues the meaning of the, the truth that is being conveyed. Mm -hmm. So just like, like I heard earlier today by my brother saying, not that I've learned, mm -hmm. but that I'm learning. Yes. Yes. It's a process that we go through. And we're learning. We're learning and we're growing. So with a sound mind, not letting circumstances, people, or things, or worriness take us from the place that God wants us to be. So we read in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident, being persuaded yes. of this very thing, right. that he who has begun a good work yes. in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So until that day, what are we supposed to be doing? We talk about the Christian principles of our Christian faith, which is the word of God, prayer, fellowship, and witness. That was ingrained in me as I first became a Christian as a teenager. It's the word, prayer, fellowship, and witness. Those are the four foundations, the four columns of our Christian faith. We need to spend time in the word so we may know the word and believe the word and share the word and memorize the word and meditate in the word, the word of God. So that, that like King David would say, oh, how I love your words, my meditation day and night. It's life into my feet and a lamp into my path. The word of God needs to resonate in your heart all the time. 
have a, a sound mind because of the Word of God being completely given into your heart and your mind. So when we talk about prayer, that breathing, just all the time, continually persevering in prayer, communing with God, not only talking to God, but hearing His voice as well through the, through the, the spiritual. And then fellowship. I, I love fellowship. Yes, sir. You know, and there are people who are very introvert and, and they just kind of avoid being with people. They're like lonesome. And, and, you know, I used to be very introvert. I used to stutter before I became a Christian. You can, you can imagine that. And yet, now I love to be with people. I get energized by being with people, by, by listening to their stories and sharing mine to, to find some uh, mutual edification. Right. It's beautiful. Fellowship. Breaking bread together. Having koinonia. We all need that. We all need that. And then being a witness. Being a witness of Christ who, for who he has done. You know, as a joke, but I take it seriously. A lot of pastors, friends of mine, have said, I have a new nickname for you, Fausto. Fausto Lazarus. Because they saw in the condition that I was that near death. It's sort of like, a, like a, I came back to life. Because they saw the picture, they saw the video, they went to see me in the hospital. And now they see me walking. And I remember when I was uh, visiting the doctor, you know, still in my wheelchair and, and all of that. And then, and then I'm thinking uh, my wife can take me or my sons can take me, my daughter can take me. But when will be the day that I can take myself to the doctor's appointment? You know, and I used to ask the doctor, you know, when can I drive? And, and the doctor would say, oh, drive? Like saying, <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when you can move, you know, and have your, your, your reflections ready and everything else, then we can talk about it. And I was just going to like, uh, yeah, I still need to wait a little bit, you know. But now I drive myself and Amen. I move around. But I have to confess that it is by the power of the Word of God that gives me a sound mind. The spirit of power and of love because I love people. My heart goes out to people that are suffering, that are lonely, that are sick. Uh, my mom passed away not too long ago, and, and I can only imagine what she went through seeing his son in the condition that I was. But now she's in a better place. That's the comfort that we have. So that's why Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I would have died back then, I would have been in a better place than I am now. But if I'm alive, it's for a purpose. To preach the gospel, to further in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why with all of my heart, I desire to continue to share the love of Jesus in a true way. There are many preachers, but for us to stand before a group of people and tell them, I love God and I love you and I want to pray for you because we know that when we, when we tap on God's power, things can happen. We, we lack so much of God's power. Seeing the blind to see, the lame to walk. Seeing miracles take place. Now, I, have no, I, I take no credit for the miracle that the people proclaim that I have because I was almost dying and, and I'm alive. But I attribute the, the prayers of my wife, yes. Joseph, yes. and of my children, and, and of you, pastors and friends and people of God. You brought me back. And since then, I heard pastors said, if, if I'm in a condition that I'm about to go, don't pray me back. <laughs> Let me go to heaven, you know. But uh, I'm glad I'm back. And uh, I'm glad I'm back. And there is a slogan that my son posted on Instagram that says, the comeback is greater than the setback. So I'm expecting great things from God. And, and again, telling you about that the word of God is what makes the difference. Not just reading bits and pieces here and there, but to read it systematically from Genesis to Revelation. To really just kind of soak on the whole counsel of God has transformed my life. That's my background. My wife has read the Bible multiple times. And recently we were coming from the airport of Burbank. And she said, you know, the Lord just kind of impressed in my heart that we'll read the Bible together. We'll read one chapter a day. All the books of the Bible, they start with the letter J, like Josie, Jesus, you know, J, okay. So, okay, where are they? Joshua, Jonah, Job, Judges, and you go on. And there's a lot of 
of books of the Bible, start with J. And when she was reading me the first chapter of each of these books, when she stopped in the book of Job, in the part where the wife of Job, after seeing so much suffering, so much loss, turned to Job and said, curse God and, and die. My wife stopped. And she asked me, Fausto, while you were going through all of these things, did you ever question God? Or did you ever kind of like had a negative thought? And I have to be honest with you. I never did. But one thing I can tell you, I cry out to God, God, give me the strength to live one more day. Give me the strength, God. Because it is a completely unspeakable way to say when you have no strength to get out of bed or to move or to do anything. I was fed in the mouth. I was using diapers, you know. It's a horrible experience. It's a true experience. It's a humbling experience. But the gratitude in my heart has increased so much towards my beautiful, dear wife, Josie. She was my 100% best nurse in the, from the whole world. 24-7, every day in the hospital, every day with me, looking at see what I need. I mean, just being so attentive in my kids as well. I have no words to describe my joy, my gratitude to them. Sound mind. A mind that is simple. The mind of Christ. A mind that is humble and submissive. I've learned to be more submissive to my wife. Hear this, guys. Because she's my, my, my caregiver. And, and when we are, in, you know, we are in events and so forth, there is the table spread you know, and, and everything. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, my wife, my wife is looking at me. How about the servings, you know? Because I used to eat a lot. I, I enjoy the, the food. I'm Peruvian, you know? Uh, and now it's like half a portion, please. And my wife gets a big smile. And I get a joy seeing my big smile. Because I got to take care of myself. And then not only by speaking engagements, my wife has limited to, to three preachings a week. <laughs> because I need to not accept myself. And there are churches that have four services, Saturday night and then three on Sundays. So uh, my wife is so gracious to give me an exception in cases like that. <laughs> so it's good to be submissive to God, to your wife, to your loved one, because they want the best for you. You know, and uh, having a, a simple mind, the mind of Christ, having a submissive mind, a humble mind, and to just know that, God is working his perfect will in us. He who began the good work will make it complete in the day of Jesus Christ. So God is working. Yes, he is. Let, let the word of God continue to abound in you. And my word abide in you. If you abide in me, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done, Jesus said. So his word is so important. Prayer, like, like breathing, air all the time. Fellowship. Don't, don't, don't stop congregating. We greet the people watching us online, but as as long as you're able to come, 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 come and join us. Come into the house of the Lord. And um, so I, I learned that by disciplining yourself, you accomplish more than what you think. Because we all hear about, oh, yeah, I desire to read the whole Bible. I desire to read the Bible every day. Oh, I want to delight myself in doing it. But we don't. Why? Because we lack discipline. And as we give ourselves over to the, to the disciplined mind to read the Bible every day, then the next is you desire to read it. And when you discipline and desire it, then you delight in it. It's like, like the honeycomb, sweeter than the honeycomb. And you just, mm, wow, you savor in the Word of God. So I want to encourage you with these words about hope, about prayer, and really letting the Lord mold us and shape us. So spend time with God to be more like God, to live for God, produces an enthusiasm. And the word enthusiasm talks about the inner part, entails, which means God. So it is the word that describes what we Christians should experience, enthusiasm. Not based on the outward things happening or you seeing it, but what is inside of you. It's like a fountain of joy. Like rivers of living water that brings out the joy of the Lord. So happiness is not based on what is inside. 
but joy is. Happiness is based on a new car, the new house, the new dress, looking good, having a nice hair dude, or not having a, oh, you're not happy. I'm not happy with my hair today. I don't have the problem, but I used to. I used to have curly hair, if you can imagine, and I would just take a shower and just go like that, and, and I was good. But uh, each of us know what is my, might be the case. God is with us always, and he knows us well, deeply even. And in a deep heart of understanding, there is gratefulness that produces a joyful heart. So all the different scriptures that we look at that teaches us about that Christian doctrine, to know your doctrine, salvation, justification, sanctif sanctification, glorification. God is taking us to the point. He who began the good work in you will make it complete. We have been saved by his grace through faith. We have been justified by faith. And we have peace with God the Father and Jesus Christ. We have been sanctified, set apart. And we're being sanctified by the power of his word. Day by day, he's making us more like him, drawing us closer to him. Draw closer to God and he will draw closer to you. Draw closer to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In glorification. The day that we will be before the Lord. We will see Jesus as he is and we will see him as we see so Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, who met on the second missionary journey, started the church of Philippi. And one of the, the trails that they left was the servanthood, heart of servants, and people that prayed. And that's why you see in chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Thank God for each other today. Always, in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Amen. Making requests with joy. Not with sadness of heart, but with joy. God is good. He's at work. He's continuing to do the work. Though we may need to go through the valley of Baca, the, the valley of tears, or, or the valley of the shadow of death. But we shall fear no evil because his staff and his... Uh, he comforts us. So he says in verse, uh, six, verse 5, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, the fellowship that we have because of Christ, we have so much in common because Christ is in our midst. Yes, we can all come together and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. So simple mind. It's against the circumstances, which is the mind of Christ. Submissive mind is against the people that mortify you, that give you a hard time, and that tries to rob you from the joy. It's a spirit of humility, being humble about it. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due time. Try to exalt yourself. I, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Where, where does it hurt? In your pride. That's where it hurts. It's in my pride that it hurts. So... Die to yourself. Jesus said, he who wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So we learn to deny ourselves by being hurt by people, by loving them, responding like Jesus did. He was on the cross, says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they've done. They were crucifying him. They were mocking him. And he was there forgiving them. That's love in action, forgiveness. That's what we should do. And God will glorify his name through you and I. So a spiritual mind is against the things that are material that so many times bombard us and take us from the, the place that we are supposed to be mindful of. And the secure mind is against worriness because you know in you in whom you have believed. Yes. Nothing will move you. No matter what you hear, no matter what is happening, you have a secure mind, a spiritual mind, a submissive, humble mind. You have a simple mind, which is the mind of Christ. Four reasons to increase the joy. Four reasons to increase the joy are love for Christ. Because I love Christ, therefore my joy will increase. And the more it increases, the more it will want to increase. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We want to be strong in the Lord. Our compassion for the lost should increase our joy. There is nothing greater than to bring a, 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 a lost soul to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He who saves souls is wise, the Bible yes, says. Yes. Evangelism. Yes. Preaching the gospel. Communicating the, the hope that there is for God. Nobody is too far away from being reached by God. Right. And God is 
at work. So let's have compassion for the lost as we increase in our joy, our obedience to his commandments. Because we want to concentrate on what we like to do. In that, we are obedient. But if we don't like, we are not obedient. You have to be obedient in everything. And the outlook of life, the outlook on life, gives us an increase of joy. This is a good day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So the simple mind in chapter 1, verse 21, notice what he says. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Simple mind, the mind of Christ. Let Christ live in you and through you. So joy despises the circumstances. It brings about the communion in the gospel, the progress, the progress of the gospel, and the faith in the gospel. If you read the whole chapter one, then in chapter two, the submissive mind talks about joy in despite of people. Notice in verse two and three of chapter two. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. A submissive mind. And we see in chapter 2 the example of Christ, the example of Paul, the example of Timothy, and the example of Epaphroditus. So this Bible is fully displaying of the, the sound mind, a simple mind, a submissive mind. And then also in chapter 3, verses 19 through 20, a spiritual mind. Chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 says, Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, yes. for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at me, I mean, look, look at verse 7 in chapter 3. Look with me. This, but what things were gained to me, this I have counted lost for Christ. Verse 8. Yet indeed I also counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is, through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And notice everything, verse 10, that I may, everybody say with me, that I, I may know, know, him know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being conformed to His death. Wow. So a simple mind, a mind of Christ, a submissive mind, a, a mind of humility, a spiritual mind, and then the safe mind. A secure mind in chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Notice what it says. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Going back to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. always. Stay with me. Always. always. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So a sound mind is what you and I need. A mind that is simple, that has the mind of Christ, in the midst of any circumstances, a, a submissive mind, a mind that is humble, a mind that is spiritual, a mind that is secure in Him, in, in whom we have believed. So, in chapter 4, we see the peace of God, then we see the power of God, and God's provision. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. So the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. As you think of these things, notice verse 8, chapter 4. Finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever yeah. things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, this do in the God of peace will be with you. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So let us stand together as we close. I just point out to John 15, 5. If we abide in him, we shall bring forth fruit. God wants us to abide in him with a sound mind and allow him to work in us and through us for his glory. Shall we raise our hands? Father, we raise our hands in, in surrender to you and in acknowledging how loving you are, how powerful you are, God. You are our provider. You are our refuge in time of need. You are our fortress. You are a rock of our salvation. And Lord, I thank you this beautiful day, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to share and testify of you and to learn from the, the word of God, Lord. Sound mind. Joyful in the spirit. Joy in the midst of circumstances. Lord, it's a timely word for us. We're all going through something. We're all struggling. Lord, we pray for health and strength, for spiritual health, emotional health, mental health, financial health. Lord, I pray for health all over this place and everyone watching right now in the name of Jesus. Bring us to that equilibrium, Lord, to that healthy state of mind. Let the flow of your spirit continue to just make us alive and well and share and be fruitful, Lord, in every way. If we abide in you and your word abide in us, we shall ask what you will and it shall be done, the Bible says. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your blessing will be bestowed upon us. I thank you, God, for we do admit that we are sinners. We recognize that Christ died on the cross for our sins, Lord, shedding his precious blood. And by believing, Lord, in acceptance, Lord, we repent of our wrongdoings. We repent of our lethargy and our lack of faith and our doubtful mind. And, Father, I pray that you will restitute us right now. And, Lord, that we have compassion for the lost. That we will pray and think about who to invite next time to bring them to church. And as we pray, we invite. And as we invite, we invest in them by, by taking, taking time to be with them, Lord. And we celebrate those the people that we bring into your fellowship. So let this be a motivation in our heart, Lord. We have something to share, a beautiful place to bring our guests, our family members, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, everyone that may cross our path. Because you are alive, Lord. And you are loving, our Heavenly Father. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, God spoke to you this, this day. In any special way, you want prayer, I would love to pray with you. Pastor Kermit will pray for you as well. So just... Just in acknowledgement, just raise your hand high so we know that God spoke to you. And you're ready to receive his blessing. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. God bless you. Father, you see these hands being lifted up. In acknowledging that you have spoken to them, Lord. And you have spoken and we have heard. Let those who have ears, let them hear, Lord. And they have heard the message. In what capacity, in what area you have spoken to them, Lord. That it may come to become what they are. Jesus, help them, Lord. Help them. You are a pre ever-present help in time of need. And Lord, we just want to pray and worship you and thank you for who you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's a joy to be with you. Thank you so much for being here. Bless you. Thank you.
God, I'm not holding back anything, but I'm surrendering all to you. All to you, I owe. Oh, we bless God today. Thank God, Pastor Fosto, for that word today. Thank you for gracing our fellowship on today. God, we thank you for raising this man up, giving him another opportunity in life. God, we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for Stephen, Lord. Oh, God. God, I saw, I heard with my own ears your word touching Stephen. About a year ago, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. Stephen, you're able to embrace your father again. Your, your father's able to, to embrace you and say, look what the Lord has done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If anybody in the house or, or online have any doubts, I pray that today all doubts have been removed. And you know in your heart that Jesus is the only way. Thank you, God. While we're standing, we're going to dismiss, but Brother Robert and Sister Rachel Jimenez is here, our good friends and friends of Pastor Fosto. We all a part of the ministries of Pomona and evangelism. God is working through us and through prison ministries, and I'm just so grateful. So, Brother Robert, I'm going to ask you if you would come and give us a dismissal prayer today. Praise the Lord. Love you, brother. So good to see you. Yeah, it's with great joy and honor that my wife and I could be here today uh, to be with you folks. Um, I just am so blessed to be here. It's my first time at this location. So now I know how to get here. I was a little lost coming out. But uh, I should remember, just go up the hill. Just go, go up, up yonder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord, you're so good to um, bring this Sunday uh, to us, Lord. And, Lord, again, as my brothers have mentioned that you raised your servant Fausto for another work. You choose to use our lives as we are willing sacrifices because we know you're good and we know we can trust you, Lord. So, Lord, use our lives to bring glory and honor to your Son, Jesus, Father. Let every day that we live be just a, a, an offering unto you, Lord. May we take the words that Pastor Fausto said today about the joy that comes through the life of a believer such great joy how wonderful to know that we've been forgiven of all our sins Lord you say you even forget them that you've cast them into the deepest sea Lord how wonderful it is to be near you and to walk with you Lord God Lord I pray your blessings over each and every person in this room today Lord, I pray that they will go home or spend the rest of their day just meditating and how wonderful and how great you really are. What you've done in the lives of the pastor here and, and his son, Stephen. Uh, what a great miracle. Let us see miracles coming in our lives. Maybe we have that prodigal child Maybe we have situations that are going on in our families' lives that are irritating to the core. But we know, Lord God, that nothing is beyond your ability to take them away. So, Lord, we'll rest in you always and we'll remember these things shall pass because you 
are going to do a great work in our lives. So we have so much to look forward to, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. And may we go in the peace of your son, Jesus, as we leave today. May everyone say, praise the Lord thy God. Man, we're dismissed, but let's get out of here on the high note, sister. Let's let's praise the Lord in this house as we shake hands and hug one another. Praise, praise him. Well, praise him. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the new day. Praise him.